Well, you guys, we've got an exciting adventure ahead of us. On September 12th, we're kicking off a series that's going to be casting vision for our future and where we are going as a church. So here's the thing. They always say September, the Sunday after Labor Day, that is what they call Back to Church Sunday. That's the Sunday you've got to put on your calendar and say, this is the one we can't miss. And honestly, there are five weeks in a row there where you can't miss it because, you guys, what we're talking about is way too impactful for eternity. I want you guys to be there with me. Here's the thing. 20 years ago, I believe this is all my heart now, 20 years ago, there were about 75 people here at Crossroads, and they decided to go all in. And the movement that followed that transformed our community. Today, that 75 people is over 1,800 people every weekend, and it's made a difference on thousands of lives that are just rippling through eternity. And my question is, if God could use 75 people who went all in in that way, what would it look like if all of us, all 1,800 of us, decided to do the same thing again? What would happen if all of us went all in? And that's the dream. That's the vision. And I can't wait to share that with you. It starts September 12th. Get excited, all right? It's going to be amazing. Yes, get excited. It's that good. Now... Today we are wrapping up a series called The Breakup, all right? And, and, and listen, I get it. Nobody likes going through a breakup, especially if you're on the receiving end of that. It's really difficult. But the realization is that when you say yes to Jesus, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old life is gone, behold, everything is made new. Jesus calls us to something that is completely different. That's the life where every day I'm saying yes to Jesus. Every day I'm doing my best to become more like him. But if I'm going to walk toward Jesus, that means I have to walk away from the old life. That means i got to say goodbye. It means there has to be a breakup, right? And again, nobody likes the breakups. I, I saw this week in a headline a terrible breakup. It happened in Akron, Ohio. Check this out. It's at a minor league baseball game. It's on the Jumbotron, you guys. It's the Jumbotron. Alyssa, this relationship is over. Tim. I mean, I've heard of breaking up by text. That's bad. Breaking up by Jumbotron, though. Oh, my. There's got to be a story behind that, and I'm sure it's fantastic. I would just say this. If you're single looking for that significant other, maybe avoid Akron. Akron doesn't seem like it has the healthiest of relationships or the greatest breakups, for what it's worth. Uh, But the realization is, my goodness. That is extraordinarily loud. All right. (laughs) The realization is when we're called to a new life, God's calling us to break up with the old life. And I want to lean into that today because last week we talked about the significance of saying goodbye to the lies. The biggest lie is the lie of the devil saying, hey, you're okay. You got this. You're fine. I've got this thing in my life that I need to get rid of, but I can control it. It's not going to take me anywhere. Everybody else gets consumed by this stuff. This stuff destroys everybody else's life, but it won't destroy mine. I'm okay. you got to say goodbye to that lie. Today we're talking about the realization that we have to say goodbye to the anger. Because anger is one of those things that will consume you if you let it. The Bible warns us over and over again about anger because anger, it can give a foothold to the devil. And anger over time, it consumes your heart and soul. Unresolved anger, it leads to bitterness, resentfulness, malice, that's wishing ill will towards someone, hatred, and all of those things describe the old life. 
the old life that, that Jesus is calling us to break up with, to leave behind, and instead to embrace this new life that he's called us to, which is filled with love. It's filled with kindness. It's filled with compassion and tenderness. It's a, it's a life that calls us to forgive others the way that we have been forgiven. And I want you to consider what that looks like in your life today. And I just want to challenge you with this idea. It's time to say goodbye to the anger. And if I may, let me just ask you this question. Who in your life do you need to make peace with? Because until you make peace with whoever it is that is the source of your anger or whatever that situation is, that is something that can control you. That is something that, if it goes unresolved, will consume you. And that's part of the old life. You don't have to carry that around with you anymore. Jesus is calling you to something better. So I'm calling you today to break up. Break up with the anger. It's time to say goodbye. In Ephesians chapter 4, this is where we've been camping out the last few weeks, Paul has been talking about this. He's saying, listen, if you belong to Jesus, the old things are gone. You can't live that way anymore. Say goodbye to the lies. That life is not the life that God has called you to. And as we continue this passage of Scripture today, we focus right in on anger in verse 26. Jesus says in Scripture, and Paul writes in Ephesians, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let it consume you. What an amazing principle it says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. What an amazing principle that is. I think if we would just apply that to our lives, we would all be better off. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If something has offended you, if something's bothering you, go straight to the source of that, confront it, and resolve the conflict. Now, a lot of us are terrified to do that, right? Nobody likes conflict. Everybody tries to avoid that. There are very few people that are like, conflict? I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this. And I would contend if someone loves that, they probably need to think about that as well. But the reality is, no one really likes the conflict. Everybody really usually hesitates from the confrontation. And yet, it's in those those moments where you are willing to confront the problem that's scary, it's terrifying, nobody likes it, it's uncomfortable, but it's in those moments where you confront the issue that conflict actually gets resolved. Nobody likes the confrontation, but that is where it's at. And I would humbly submit to you today that if you have been consumed by a situation that is causing you anger, you have two options. Number one, you got to let it go. And I would just, uh, this is my recommendation, this is personal now, this is, you can do what you want, but if something's bothering you and you realize you just got to let it go, just start singing the song. Just let it go, let it go, and just sing that to yourself because it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to share this because I can. Whenever that movie came out, Frozen, we went and all saw that all of Dana's family was in town for the holidays, and we all decided, hey, let's go see this new Disney movie, because the way that they marketed it was genius. They made it look like it was a comedy, like it was funny. There's like a little snowman in it, like, oh, that's funny. Let's go laugh together as a family. We all buy the movie tickets, we buy the popcorn, spend a fortune. We're in the movie, I'm sitting by my brother-in-law, we're getting ready to laugh. And then three minutes in, everybody starts singing. It's a musical, we had no idea. 
They had no idea. I was so disappointed. My boys were like, Dad, what's happening? I don't know. I think it'll get better. It, it didn't. I did not enjoy Frozen. My brother-in-law was sitting beside me in the movie. By the time the third or the fourth song started, he literally went like this in the movie. Song starts. Oh, oh. <laughs> Which was funny. It made the movie better. He did that two or three times. That was the highlight of the movie. It's really all I remember. There's like snow and ice and stuff. And, uh, and then some songs. <laughs> But you got to let it go, right? You got to let it go. So option one is if you've been offended or you're angry about something, take the breath. Is this worth getting worked up about? Is it worth confronting? No. All right. You just got to forgive it and forget about it. Let it go. The second option is if this is something that you need to confront, go confront it. Go straight to the source. And you better do that with an attitude of love, an attitude of respect, attitude of honesty. That, that's the only way it works. You got to humble yourself. Humbly go to someone lovingly, but honestly say, hey, I got a problem. Hey, we need to talk about this. Let's, let's resolve this situation. Because if you come at them all full of emotion, it gets crazy, right? Confront the situation and have the conversation and see where that ends up. Sometimes everything will get resolved and it's beautiful. Everything is great. Sometimes it won't. It might actually get worse. Then you have to say, I'm letting it go. <laughs> Either way, you're going to have to let it go. So watch the movie, memorize the song, sing it to yourself. You got to let it go. Because if you don't let it go, it will consume you. And the crazy thing about unresolved anger and resentfulness and Bitterness is that it slowly consumes you. Malice, it's wishing ill will on someone. That heart that is consumed by hatred, it so consumes you over time that it, I mean, it controls you. And what's crazy is that on, oftentimes people don't even realize that they've offended you. I mean, think about it. Or they have no idea that it, it, it matters that much to you. And so over time, you are holding yourself a prisoner to your own anger and your bitterness and resentfulness. You've just got to let it go. Those are the things that you have to surrender to Jesus. You've got to say, God, I am going to love the way that you love me. I am going to forgive the way you have forgiven me. It's that realization of what you see in Romans 5, 8. God showed us his love so much that while we were still sinners, while we were his enemies, while we were still far from him, he died for us. That's the kind of love that God has for us. That's the life that he's calling me to. I can be set free of my anger. That does not have to control me. It doesn't have to consume me because I surrender it. I, I let it go. I lay that down at the feet of Jesus and say, this is not what I want to define me. This is not who I want to be. I give it to you. What an amazing space to be in. Suddenly you are set free. You are a prisoner in a cell that you created. You've been holding the key to get out the whole time. You've just got to let it go. You have to forgive others the way that God forgives you. Unresolved anger, it will consume you, it will control you. That's why Paul's saying, don't let the sun go down while you're staring it, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. He goes on to say in verse 28, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. 
Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That one is a little bit sobering. To realize, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, out of everything that God has created, and we can only see a glimpse of it. I mean, we peer into the galaxy. We, we don't even know where this begins and ends, right? And yet out of everything that God has created, he says unashamedly, you are my prized possession. You are his greatest creation. He loves you with an extravagant love. I mean, he places you on this high pedestal, this place of honor. You are my most prized possession. And then there's the realization that the things that I do, the way that I act, the attitudes they have, the, the actions that I take, those can bring great joy to Jesus. They can also bring him great sorrow. And that's a little sobering, right? That's honestly a little terrifying to know that I can grieve the heart of God when I let my anger consume me. When I buy the lie and I say, no, I've got this thing in my life, God, but I'm okay, I can control, I'm, I'm okay. When I allow the old life to persist instead of embracing the new life that he's calling me to, that, that grieves the heart of God. It brings him sorrow. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to bring joy. And I hate it when I realize there's something in my life, I've brought sorrow to the heart of God. I want to make sure that my life brings him joy. Just something to think about. It says, remember he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. He has paid the price that you could not pay. He has given us the gift that none of us can earn, that none of us deserve. He has showered us with extravagant love. He has forgiven us when we didn't deserve forgiveness. And so as a result of that, we see in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, that is compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. These are the two different pictures, the old life and the new life. The old life is marked by the bitterness and the rage and the anger and the harsh words and everything that comes out of a heart that is filled with those things. They lead nowhere good. And they're always an indicator of, of what's going on in our heart. Jesus is saying, stop it. Put all that away. Be kind and compassionate to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And listen, that, that will test you. Because there are people that are going to irritate you. I guarantee it. I get irritated every time I drive somewhere. I just need you to know that someone irritates me. We were at the mall yesterday. We're driving down the parking spots, you know, trying to find a parking place to park in. Someone had parked halfway in a parking spot. I'm not making this up. They weren't even, like, not two-thirds of the way into the parking spot. They were halfway into the parking spot. Half of their car was sticking out into the lot. You had to swerve around them and barely make it around. I'm going, who parks like that? What is happening right now? I don't understand. I mean, it's the unraveling of our culture. People can't park anymore. I don't know what's going on. The thing you have to ask yourself, though, is when you get irritated, when you get upset, when you get angry, what's your goal? Is your goal to get even? That's the old life. To make a point? Or is your goal to be like Jesus? 
<laughs> and there's a lot of you going, well, Tim, that takes a lot of fun out of it. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You can't just act out in your indignation and your anger and your rage. You've got to have some self-control. And you've got to act like Jesus. What's your goal in your anger? Is it to get even? Or is it to be like Jesus? Make no mistake, there are appropriate times to be angry. Jesus himself was angry. He got angry in the temple. He came in, they were making a mockery of the temple. He went in in a rage, like a holy, righteous rage. He started turning over tables and saying, this has become a den of robbers. Don't you know this is the house of God? Stop what you are doing. I mean, that's an amazing moment. I mean, all of his disciples had to be like, duh, what just happened here, right? This is crazy. There are moments when, yeah, you get angry because there's something wrong that's happening. And you step up and say, hey, that's not right. Those are moments of of righteous anger. Yeah. Anger in itself is not wrong. It just warns us in Scripture over and over again, in your anger, do not sin. So when you're angry, is your goal to, to get even, to prove a point? Or is it to be like Jesus? Matthew chapter 5 brings an amazing point here. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. Well, that seems right. That murder is one of the big ones. Don't do that. But then he goes on to say, but I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. I mean, what he's circling here is is anger. Getting control of my anger is really important here. Because if I allow this anger to persist in my heart, it becomes a foothold to the devil. It leads me down a path that leads to bitterness, resentment, malice, and hatred. Those are not attributes. Those are not characteristics of the new life that God has called you to. That's all the old life. You've got to say goodbye to that. You've got to break up with the old life. That is not the life that God is calling you to. That's not the life he wants you to experience. He has paid the ultimate price so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be set free. You don't have to be consumed by that any longer. That's the amazing thing about what Jesus has done for you. And so you just got to be honest with yourself. Is anger a problem for me? What does it look like when I get angry? How do I respond? Am I trying just to get even? Am I just acting out of my emotions? Or am I harnessing that? Am I having some self-control? Am I trying to be like Jesus? I remember when I was a youth pastor down in Florida, I remember being invited to go to a basketball game. I went to a lot of sporting events, cheering on the kids when I was a youth pastor. Had a great time. Uh, There was one moment, though, in particular where I went to a basketball game, pretty competitive game. There was a lot on the line, and I went with one of the dads, and he's just a fantastic guy, a dear friend. We had spent years together just hanging out and having a great time. It was the first time I'd ever been to a basketball game, though, where he was cheering for his son. We showed up. We sat down. We're small talking, having a great time. Tip-off happens. The game begins. One minute in, foul gets called on his son, and I've never seen anyone just erupt into a rage so quickly as my friend. It's like we're talking, hey, it's a great day today, right? Yes, sun's shining. It's beautiful, perfect. What kind of a call was that? Oh, no. It's like that moment I go, I'm sitting next to that guy. (laughs) It was terrible. I made up some random excuse like, I got to go, sorry. (laughs) Is anger a problem for you, though? 
They call that the detonator in our, in our society today. Short fuse. Boom! Zero to hero. Just like that. You got to make sure that you're living in a place where your anger doesn't consume you. It doesn't control you. How about this? Jesus turns this inside out. He says, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, catch what Jesus is saying here. He says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This is different for two reasons. Number one, he's saying not are you angry at someone? Has someone offended you? It's pretty easy to point out all the offenses of others. They should have done that differently. I would have done this. That offends me. We're pretty good at that in our culture, right? Just hop on Facebook. You can see it. Um, The reality is it's a lot more difficult for us to recognize, oh, you know, I might be that person to someone else. Something that I have done has, has offended someone. And when I realize that, do you see the significance of what Jesus is saying here? If you realize you have offended someone else. The gravity of that moment, the realization that I have wronged someone. He says, if you've come to present your sacrifice at the temple, let's put that in modern day terms. If you've come to church to worship and listen to the sermon and you're engaged in worship and you realize there's someone that I've offended, Jesus says, leave. Leave the temple. Leave that sacrifice right there where it is and go make that right. Because if you don't resolve that and ask for forgiveness and make that right, that becomes a barrier between you and your relationship with God. That becomes a barrier between you and the sacrifice that you are presenting to God. God doesn't care as much about that sacrifice of worship as he does about your heart being right. This is Jesus speaking to that. And I got to be honest, my, my initial preference is come to church and stay here, right? But the reality is, right now in this moment, if you're realizing you've got someone you need to make things right with because you've offended them, I got to go with Jesus on this one. If you, if you need to go make something right, by all means, go ahead and leave right now. And some of you are like, oh, free pass to get out of church today. But seriously, God cares about your heart. And that unresolved anger, oh, it grows roots And the resentment and the bitterness and the hatred that that grows out of that, that's serious to to Jesus. He doesn't want that to go unresolved in your life. So make sure that you're at peace with God, that you're at peace with man. If you need to apologize to someone, go make things right. Because that's what matters more than anything to God. He cares about your heart. So I ask you this today. Is there someone in your life who you need to make peace with? Can we just circle back to that question Is there someone in your life you need to make peace with? Someone maybe that you're realizing you have offended or someone that you've been holding an offense against? You either need to let it go or you need to confront the issue with love and with humility. But if it doesn't go the way that you think it should, you still got to be willing to let it go. You got to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and give it to him. Here's the thing. Saying goodbye to anger, it takes self-control. You got to stay focused. And I don't want to miss some important principles here that we see in the book of James, uh, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Uh, He writes this, This you know, my beloved brethren, and, you know, and cistern, you know, whatever. Uh, No? Okay. (laughs) 
Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Man, that's powerful. I want to read that again. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. When I am consumed by my anger, when that has a foothold in my life, if I'm allowing that to build resentment and bitterness and rage, that does not produce in my life the righteousness, the character that God wants me to exhibit. That does not help me become more like him. That's why we've got to break up. That's why we have to say goodbye to the anger. We've got to put these principles to work in our lives. Be, be quick to listen. How about that for starters? God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use them appropriately. Listen twice as much as you speak. It's a good, that's a good starter, right? I talk a lot on Sundays. That means I have to be quiet throughout the week. It just is what it is. Quick to listen. My anger does not help me become more like Jesus. We just have to wrap our mind around that. Quick to listen. Don't let your emotions get the better of you. Take a breath and listen. Be slow to speak. When we respond with our emotions, that's when we say things that oftentimes don't even really make sense. Can we just be honest? I remember getting into a heated argument with my brother when we were growing up. He's eight years younger than me, so I was mentally prepared to argue more than he was because at that point, like, I'm 16 and he's eight. And so you usually will win an argument against an eight-year-old when you're 16. So I just remember he got so frustrated one time. He was just like, ah, you're a stupid. I don't even know what that means. But I won that argument, and I feel good about it. (laughs) Be slow to speak. Man, a lot of times we say the most hurtful and ridiculous things when we're responding to anger, talking through our emotions, um, things that we would never say normally, things that we just don't mean. Just be careful what you say. We all have to own that. I have to own that. Don't react with your emotions. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And then realize you've got to be slow to anger. Because at the end of the day, your anger is only going to hurt you. And I want to challenge you today. You got you to gotta just put this behind you. You have to be ready to say goodbye. You got to be ready to break up. And I want to ask you this question today. When it comes to anger, is there someone in your life that you need to make peace with? Don't let that anger go unresolved. Because your, your anger is, is hurtful to others. It's hurtful to the heart of God. It's hurtful to your soul. Don't let that continue to grow roots and, and consume you. You've got to be slow to anger. And today I just want to encourage you and, and challenge you as a church family. It's time to say goodbye to the anger. It's time to let that go. And as we close today, I just want to ask you to, to take a chance to draw close to Jesus in this moment. And I'm just going to ask that as we come to a close, would you just bow your head and close your eyes where you're at today and just take a second here to, to listen to the, to the voice of God in your life? If the Holy Spirit is convicting you today that there is some unresolved anger that you need to take care of, be willing in this moment to just be obedient, to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and, and to let it go. And if you need to go talk to someone, Go have that conversation. If it doesn't go the way you think it should, you're still going to have to let it go. 
lay it down at the feet of Jesus. If you're realizing today there's someone that you have offended, there's someone you have hurt, don't be a stumbling block to that person. Don't, don't allow anger to get root in someone else's life. Go, go make things right. Don't allow uncontrolled anger to, to dig roots in your life. It's time to say goodbye to the anger. Who do you need to make peace with? As we close in prayer, I just ask that you'd be willing to, to have the wisdom and the courage to take the step that you need today to say goodbye to the anger and to embrace this new life that God is calling you to. Because you don't have to be trapped by that anymore. You don't have to be consumed by that. The power of Jesus is that he sets you free. He forgives you, even when you don't deserve it. And he sets you free. So say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never invited him into your heart. If that's you, with everyone with their head bowed and eyes closed, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're wanting to say, Jesus, I need you for the very first time, say this prayer, Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. What an amazing promise that is that when you invite Jesus into your life like that, that he forgives you. You have been forgiven. And he sets you free. You no longer have to be bound by the lies, by the old life, by the anger. And so I ask you today, walk in the freedom of Jesus. Walk in his strength. Make peace with the person in your life that you need to make peace with. Make sure that anger is not building roots in your life. Jesus, you're good. You love us with an extravagant love, and we just thank you for the gift that you've given us, that gift of forgiveness that sets us free. You have called us to a new life, and it is beautiful. It is a life that is filled with purpose. It is a life that is filled with hope because, God, in you, we have a future, and that future is bright. It is eternal, and it is secure. And, God, we just praise you because there is no one like you. You are worthy, and we are fortunate enough to be dearly and deeply loved by you, your, your prized possessions. So God, help us. Help us to have the strength, the courage to continue saying goodbye to the old life, to break up with the things that hold us back, and to fully embrace, Jesus, everything it is that you are calling us to. God, help us to say yes to you. God, we love you. We praise you today because you are good. We pray this in your name. Amen. Crossroads, our best days are just in front of us. I believe that when we take steps toward Jesus like this and say yes to him, that he begins doing things that we never would have imagined otherwise. And so I just want you to lean in. Lean in to this new life that he is calling you to. Keep saying goodbye to the old things. Don't buy the lies. And let's fully embrace this new life that God has called us to. As we leave today, I just ask you to go in the grace and peace of Jesus. Know that you are blessed and you are loved. You are dismissed. Have a great week.